What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 29, coming at you with the first uh, the first quarterfinal show. Um, and we're really, really excited to jump into this one. Got a bunch of guys on here with me to, to talk about all these fun matchups. Um, and we'll just we'll go through the list and, and see who all is with me. Uh, Mr. Earl Smith from the Open Mat. How you doing, Earl? Uh, doing great. Uh, wish a happy Father's Day to everybody who's watching us live. For sure. For sure. Seth, how are you doing? Coach Gross. Yeah, yeah, doing great. And uh, yeah, stay same here. Happy Father's Day to everybody watching and everybody out there. All right. Um, and then special guest today joining us, two-time NCAA champ, um, associate head coach at Princeton, Joe Dubuque. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. This, uh, this should be fun. I, I listened before, so to be on, it's uh, pretty cool. So looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Well, we're excited to have you on. Um, like I was saying before the call, it's always cool to have people on that actually did the thing during this time we're talking about. Um, you know, obviously we got Seth and Jack, so we got a lot of that with the, with the, you know, more recent years, but it's really cool to get people throughout these years that come on that have experience. You know, we had uh, Sam Hayeswinkle on and it was really cool because he, you know, knew a lot of those guys in those duels. Um, so it's just, it's fun to have people on that have more experience than we do. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and, and look at the bracket. So, um, the, like we said, this is the first quarterfinal duel of this particular project that we're running. Um, it's the NCAA champion duels. If you're just now joining us for the first time, what we did was over the last 16 years, obviously I picked 16 just because it made it even 16 man bracket, um, went back and took the NCAA champions of each year, threw them in a dual lineup and seeded the tournament uh, and we've gotten through to this point we're at the quarterfinals the number one seed 2005 versus the number eight seed 2015 uh, so we're going to be we're going to be hitting that duel but uh, some other matchups that we had in the first round you know 2018 versus 2016 is going to be our next quarterfinal um, and then on the other side of the bracket was where we kind of started having stuff go crazy having having some upsets the, uh, the, the two-seed 2013 actually did move on, but the last three teams that moved on were, were upsets. So 2007 upset 2012, 2004 upset 2014, and then 2019 upset 2017. Um, so those, those quarterfinal matchups are, are looking pretty spicy, man. I'm excited to get into those too. Um, but we can just go ahead and jump into this duel if you guys are ready. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Um, so, pulling it up, and if you are watching us live, um, then thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, if you're not, then you can always obviously find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, but we also do have a YouTube page where you can go on and see the actual video and what we're looking at and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, HMAF or Home at Advantage Wrestling on YouTube. You can go and find us there. But to start this duel off, we have 2005 versus 2015. And we'll just go ahead and run through the lineups real quick. Um, for 2015, did one of us have 2015 or was it, was it Jude or Sam, I think? Um, well, I'll just go run through it. So 2015, 
we're going to start off at the top of the lineup. Nathan Tomasello of Ohio State. Um, you know, NATO, one-time champ, four-time All-American. Cody Brewer, Oklahoma, one-time champ. Logan Stieber, four-time champ. Drake Hadishel, one-time. Isaiah Martinez, two-time. Alex Derringer, three-time. Matt Brown, a one-timer. Gabe Dean, a two-timer. Kevin Gadsden, a one-timer. And Nick Gwistowski is a two-time champ. Um, so just a little, you know, off the top, how many championships they won. But on the other side, 2005, Joe, do you mind just rolling through these guys real quick? Say whatever you want about them. Yeah, well, uh, I guess Joe Dubuque, uh, two-time <laughs> champ. Uh, Travis Lee, two-time champ, four-time All-American. Uh, he was a bad dude. He was actually – we were both in our uh, senior nationals bracket, uh, which was kind of crazy. Um, Tian Ware, uh, two-time champ, I think four-time All-American. Uh, Zach Esposito, one-time champ, three-time All-American. Uh, Ryan Bertine, two-time champ, four-time All-American. Had that same slip-up as me. Couldn't get that Big Ten title, but wound up getting two NCAA titles. So uh, he was actually a, a really sneaky, sneaky good, uh, good guy. I, he he kind of gets lost in the lost in the, the talk a little bit. Um, Johnny Hendricks, uh, two-time champ, four-time All-American. Chris Pendleton, two-time champ. I think he was a three-time All-American. I'm not, I'm not sure if he got, if he had four. Uh, Greg Jones, three-time champ. Uh, Jake Walshaw, uh, three-time champ. And Steve Mako, two-time champ, four-time All-American, four-time finalist. So uh, that's the 2005 um, champs right there. Awesome. Um, I, I thought it was really cool yesterday. You know, obviously we got you on here because you, you know, saw it and kind of commented on it and we had some fun exchanges but we had a lot of people commenting on this and uh I think it was kind of fun because you know yet usually I put these votes out and I just kind of put them out on Twitter but um yesterday I decided in the actual votes to actually just tag everybody see what would happen you know maybe piss people off who knows whatever um I'll get over it and so I just tagged everybody and then you know it's kind of crazy when I'm, I'm downstairs, I'm working on some furniture. I look down and Daniel Cormier and Kyvin Gadsden, all kinds of dudes, and Joe Dubuque are, are commenting on our stuff. Um, so it was really cool. But you, uh, one of the guys you went through, uh, Jake Rushel, or is it Rushel? Um, is it uh, Kyvin Gadsden put, like retweeted it and put like, it's a shame I'd have to do to you what I did to your baby brother or something like that. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> Just started that off hot. Um, but really cool, though, to, to see everybody so into it. Uh, what matches stand out to you guys as, like, some of the really big matchups in this duel? 57, 65, mm -hmm. heavyweight. Uh, there's a lot of good ones in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where where do we want to start at. I don't know, um, man. You might want to you might want to end off with Mako and Gwiz. I think those those two guys, both of them two timers, um, might be a good good ending spot. Yeah, I'm down. That's with just that. my take. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, <coughs> let's do it. So, we're going to start off. That means we'll start off with you, Joe. Uh, we're going to start off at 125, Mr. Joe Dubuque versus Nathan Tomasello. Um, I know this one, you know, 
not not even Joe, but it got a lot of people heated. Um, a lot of people, you know, when the voting first started, it was very, you know, there's a lot of recency bias and, and everybody voting Thomas Tello because they know his name. Um, you know, a lot of our a lot of our following is, you know, younger wrestlers. Um, and so they're all voting that way. And I had a lot of people you know, commenting or retweeting it and saying, like, please go do your research. Like, this is not the way it should be. Um, and I think uh, uh, Mason, uh, Mason Beckman, that's on HMA with us, got he put it out there was like, everybody needs to go do their research. This is ridiculous. Um, but uh, I mean, now it's time for us to talk about it. So what do we see going down in this duel? Uh, I'm going to kick it to Earl. So, Earl, what do you see with, with Joe and Nath or Nato? Yeah, so I know in, our, in the first round, we had 2015 matched up with 2006. And I picked uh, Joe as, I don't want to say decisive win, but, uh, you know, I, I thought senior, senior Joe would have handled him pretty well. Um, you know, Nato's not going to bully him around. You know, he, he's going to hold his own, uh, impose his will. 2005 is a little bit different because, you know, I don't think you were at quite at the same level as 2006. 2006 was pretty, pretty dominant, though I'll still go with Joe um, getting the win here. Uh, you know, close win, but win nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think uh, Tomasello was a was a beast. He had a great great run that freshman year to win the title, beat some good dudes. But uh, yeah, I think think uh, Joe would have beat him. Just a little bit bit older, a little bit uh, just more experienced than Tomasello had his freshman year. And I think that yeah, he'd beat him beat him by a few points. I'd say a three four point match would be my guess. Should you just call Joe old? <laughs> What's that? So you just call Joe old. That Hey, that's that's a that's an appropriate statement. <laughs> Older, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Joe, what do you think? Like, obviously, this is you, so you know, you can pick yourself or not; it doesn't matter. But, um, like, if 2005 Joe Dubuque wrestled NATO, what do you think it would look like, and like, how do you think it would go? So, uh, so I've actually had the pleasure of uh, recruiting NATO and and coaching against him. Um, he was absolutely a hammer. Uh, the one thing that I would say I would lean towards NATO with is he had a really, really good lefty high crotch. And that was sort of like my kryptonite in college. Uh, and I had a lefty high crotch. I had, I had a lot of trouble with, um, but I would say if it's in the national tournament and my junior year and his freshman year, uh, I think it would have been pretty even on our feet. We both like the hand fight. Um, and I, I, don't, I think I would have had the advantage on the mat. Um, you know, in that national tournament, uh, I won it, you know, on the mat. There was no takedowns. I had a, you know, I rode, I rode Kyle out and got out from bottom. So I think that would have really kind of been similar. You know, I think Nate, as a freshman, probably didn't really uh, know the transitions, you know, on top and bottom. So I think that's probably where I would have exploited him um, to a close one. You know, again, I could see it 2-1, uh, maybe 3-1. I, I, would, I would say I'd give it to myself uh, in that match. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with it. There's not much to say that you guys haven't covered. Um, but so Joe is going to get the win over NATO in the first match. Um, and everybody's saying it, it's kind of a close match. We're not getting any kind of bonus points or anything here. No. Yeah. 
cool. Awesome. So Joe takes the win over NATO. That's going to put 2005 up three to nothing to start it off. And we'll head down to 133 pounds. Um, Travis Lee versus Cody Brewer. And uh, we just had a, uh, we just had J.O. comments, uh, Jordan Oliver comments over here a minute ago. that said uh, people needed to put some respect on Travis Lee's name. Um, because he's losing the Twitter poll, which, by the way, Joe, you did win the Twitter poll 60% to 40% of Renato. So, um, oh, nice. Another vote, man. We got the votes in. But, uh, anyways, Travis Lee, Cody Brewer. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Travis Lee, Joe? Yeah, Travis was a bad dude, man. He was like super athletic. Uh, I think the one thing about him uh, was that, like, he was so versatile. Like, he could go upper body, he can do low, you know, ankle picks, and, you know, again, he was so good. Um, I mean, I think this is his senior year, right? I think 2005 is his senior year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't think he redshirted. I think he went uh, four straight. Um, yeah, he, again, he was, like, he was just so good on his feet. I just didn't see – and he beat so many good guys. I mean, in that tournament, I think he beat um, – he beat Bunch – uh, I think he beat – well, he beat Flieger uh, as a freshman. Uh, down the line, I mean, he's just beaten a lot of really good guys. I think he beat Oklahoma State guy who was a, uh, a two-time um, – Johnny Thompson. Oh, am, I, am I right on that? Uh, yeah, he, he... – jeez. Or was that the year before that? <clears throat> I knew uh, Thompson lost in 2004. Um but I don't know if they met at the national tournament. He might have beaten him, you know, somewhere along the way, for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, again, like, it's really hard for me. And Cody Brewer is really, really tough. Uh, man, that guy was on fire when he won it. Uh, the matches, he he wrestled. I mean, he was bonusing guys all over the place. Uh, I know Cody's got a really big motor, but so did Travis. And I just think Travis was – was a little bit too uh, athletic for him and just kind of a little bit too versatile. I mean, you've seen Cody Brewer. He's kind of gotten pinned a, co a couple times. And I think, he, you know, him going up top, I think uh, – who's the Oklahoma State kid uh, who, who pinned him when he was a true freshman? Cade Brock. Who is that? Cade Brock. So, like, I, I can kind of see something like that where Cody Brewer has zero fear. But if you go up top with Travis Lee, man, I think you're going for a ride. So, um for me, my pick is going to be Travis Lee. Awesome. Um, we're also we're we're also picking like you know if we're doing major or anything like that, make sure you say that. I don't know if you're you're leaning that way or not, but uh, uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say major, but I could see it either being a decision or him pinning Brewer. I mean, again, I I like Cody a lot, and I think sometimes his uh, fearlessness maybe gets him in a little bit of trouble. Um, but if it if he if he stayed off of his back, man, this would be like a really really good match. Yeah, I think it's funny when we're talking about college matches. A lot of the time, it's literally either decision or pin. Like a lot a lot, a lot of times, we don't even get into some, too many majors and techs and all that kind of stuff. I don't even think we've picked a tech in this tournament. Um, I think for obvious reasons. But on the other side, Cody Cody Brewer Earl, can you tell us a little about Cody? Yeah, Cody was a four-time All-American. Uh, this was his junior season. Um, he had an abbreviated year, so he, he only had one loss on the year, and 
didn't hit a lot of the big guys that year. So I think he ended up with the 13 seed. Um, you know, it was, it would be tough for me to pick against him this year. This was one of the matches I thought about the most just because, you know, the, the run he was on was just remarkable. Um, over the studs he, he majored, I know, Dardane, Shorty Camillo. Uh, so, but on the other side, Travis Lee, you know, he, he's gotten overlooked over the years. Um, kind of for the reasons uh, Joe said, I could see Brewer, you know, getting over aggressive and getting picked apart a little bit. So I'm going to have to go with Lee. Awesome. Seth, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I think, I think Brewer had an unreal tournament. He was on fire. He was going to be very hard to beat um, that tournament. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think Lee just was a little, little, little too much for him and I think that he his aggression that Lee could have turned that into some sort of points and uh I'm gonna go with Lee but I do think that it'd be a very close match and um yeah his run that year was was incredible I don't think that yeah I mean he wrestled some decent guys it wasn't the craziest of competition that year but he ran through it pretty easily and um I think it'd be close but I gotta give it to Lee yeah um I mean, I only know about Travis Lee, what I could find on the, you know, on the internet, on the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So um, from what you guys are saying, that uh, that definitely sounds the, the right way to do it. I think with Cody Brewer, obviously one of the hottest NCAA tournaments we've seen in the last, you know, decade, two decades or so. Um, but outside of that, that tournament run, you know, obviously he was good, but that was just a different dude for a couple of days in a row. So, um, yeah, I'll go Lee as well, and and we'll we'll get and move into 141 pounds, um, where we're going to see Tion Ware versus Logan Steber. Man, I, this is one of the ones I was super excited to talk about. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you guys or not, but this is a this is kind of a, a dream matchup, I think, for mis, for myself. Um, but Logan Steber, I think, you know, we all know Logan Steber, four-time national champion. This is his fourth national title in 2015. Um, you know, obviously helped the Buckeyes to the national championship in 2015. Um, this year, did he beat – I think it was Port in the finals? Yeah. Yeah, so he beat Mitchell Port in the finals um, and just had an unreal campaign, Hodge Trophy winner. There's not a whole lot to say about Logan Sabre that people don't already know. Um, so, Joe, tell us a little bit about Tion Ware. So, Tion, uh, dude, he was super athletic, but I think he was sort of like a chameleon, too. Uh, like, he didn't always have to win matches on his feet. Uh, I think he was really good on uh, on top and bottom also. Uh, if, he, if he needed to ride out somebody or get a riding time point, he was definitely able to do so. Uh, and I... I Honestly, in four years, I don't think he ever got ridden by anybody. Uh, he was so explosive, so really hard to uh, hard to ride. That's why I think this is a really, really good matchup. Even though like everybody think it's a, thinks it's a landslide by by Steber, um, Tion was really good with reattacks, and as we know, like Logan shot a billion times. So I think that could have kind of kept the match close. And I honestly don't see Steber turning Tion uh, again I mean you gotta you gotta deal with his explosive stand-up off the whistle um, so man this is a really for me again 
in a lot of people's minds, they're probably thinking, man, this is a landslide by, for Logan. But Tion was so good, dude. He was so athletic, so powerful. Um, I'm going to probably go ahead and, you know, give it to Logan. But it's close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't <laughs> – obviously, Logan Steeper's a four-time champ. But, you know, statistically, just looking at stuff, you know, Tion was in the finals three times. He won two of them. Um, and he got six the other year. So, uh, you know, right up there at the very top every year. He's a true freshman national champion. Um, but in, in his weight classes, not to, not to step in real quick, but in his weight classes that he won, there was actually some guys who are really, really tough on top, like historically good on top. Corey Cooperman, Andy Simmons, uh, Nate Gallick. Uh, a lot of those guys were really good on top, and he always seemed to – not have any issues with those guys. I mean, he's had some issues with Nate Gallick. I think they went back and forth throughout their career. Uh, but, you know, the, the other guys, I think he used to kind of have their number. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing on this one, Earl? Yeah, um, you know, Joe stole some of, you know, some of the things I was thinking. Just, you know, it's a great, weird matchup because um, – you know, I don't necessarily know how Logan, you know, he's great from his feet, but he wasn't like otherworldly, like, uh, you know, some of the guys on this list. And Ware was, uh, you know, so quick with his reattacks, with his go-behinds. Um, it's really kind of a, almost a stalemate on the feet. And then uh, from the mat, you know, Logan, that's where he made his money. That's where, you know, he turned people. So, I don't necessarily know how he does that to where um, just, you know, I don't really have any specific analysis. I'll pick Steber, um, but it's pretty even on both ends kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like do, I, I don't think I see any kind of turns here, um, but do we think it's in the realm of possibilities of getting a writing time point? Because Steber's just, it's elite on top. And I mean, if we want to say that, that he's not going to get a turn, that's absolutely fine on it. You know, it did the level of Tion where, but um, like I, for my money, I think that there's not a whole lot of people out there that Steber can't hang on on top for a minute. Plus, I don't know. Um, yeah. That's, I'm what go... I, that's what I was. What that's thinking? what I was thinking. I was, that's what I was thinking. Probably like a two, one, uh, Steber, you know, gets the riding time point um, and, and wins that way. Yeah. I think it can definitely go both ways. I think that it's it's really – it would be a really cool matchup to watch because, like you're saying, the just the kind of volume of shots that, that Steber produces versus the reattacks of where um, – I don't know. Like, I, I, I kind of think that at some point somebody's going to get a takedown um, because of just – that matchup right there on the feet. I think somebody's going to get one. I, I'm not going to say who's going to get it, um, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to definitely lean Steber here just because in the position, looking at the positions, I think that I favor Steber on Steber on top, and then the other ones are kind of, you know, pretty even. So I'm going to favor Steber in this one by decision. What about you, Seth? Yeah, I'm on board with Steber. I think that, like you said, matchup wise, it's a good match, but. Logan Steber always found a way to want to win at the national tournament. And the uh, reason why he's a four-time champ, one of the greatest, you know, college wrestlers. And, um, yeah, he just always found a way to win, even those close matches. 
even when you think that maybe he shouldn't have won, but uh, he always found a way. And, uh, yeah, I got to go with Steve on this one. All right. Well, you hinted at it. I got to get the uh, – I got to get the – the Dubuque view on it. Was that a takedown or not with Steve and, and J.O.? Uh, I mean, when, when that occurred, I mean, just going by the rules, no, that wasn't a takedown uh, because you're, you're supposed to pop your head and stuff like that. I think, you know, the, the rule change, I think, was absolutely, uh, you know, warranted. And I think that's definitely something we needed. But, I mean, if you're just going by the rules of how every other takedown was called, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, that was, that was a great match, honestly. It, oh, was, yeah. it was really fun to watch them two going, scrapping. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what most people say, and, and you know, I kind of agree with it. Um, so obviously, you yeah. got to go by the rules. It sucks that that was the rule at the time because I think most everybody thinks that should have been a takedown with you know correct rules but with the rules at the time that's that's the way it should have went um but six to three now 2005 still has a three-point lead and we'll go 149 zach esposito of oklahoma state versus drake how to is it is it how to or who to i don't i've always all right. thought it was how to but okay so all right your name or two it's always good. I ask a question and everybody's just staring. I'm like, <laughs> cool. All right. Doesn't matter. Uh, well, it does. But Zach Esposito, do you want to tell us a little bit about him, Joe? Yeah. So Zach was uh, probably one of the best technicians uh, of that time. Uh, he was, again, he was really versatile too. Uh, can do some really slick stuff, um, just Oklahoma State stuff, and then had a killer inside trip. Uh, but he was also really good on top, too. And I think that's something that uh, I don't think – I think a lot of people overlook. Um, you know, just in his run uh, that junior year, he beat uh, he beat three-time All-American John Massa, 6-2. to two. He beat uh, Eric Tannenbaum, 7-2. Uh, to two. I think that's a really, really good win. Uh, and then he won over Philip Simpson in the finals, 5-2. to two. So, um, you know, Zach uh, – Again, I think Zap was one of those guys who was really technically sound, um, and he was he was really tough to beat this year. Yeah, for sure. On the other end, Earl, can you tell us a little bit about how to show? Yeah, he was a three-time All-American for Missouri. He um, was uh, unde- uh, unseated as a sophomore and ended up sixth in the country, was uh, top seed at nationals the next year, then was uh, sixth again and then put it all together and, and won it all as a senior. Um, I'd say he's, he's pretty solid in all positions. Um, as far as this matchup goes, I think that uh, Espo is more versatile, can do a little bit more on his feet, and I think that's where he would win it is uh, in the takedown game. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. I think Espo, like uh, Joe was saying, his technique was just unreal, and I think he would have – Kind of just, I don't think he would have dominated how to show up, but I think it would be a sound win, like 6-2, 7-2, where he just picks and chooses and scores when he kind of finds his openings and takes it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was thinking Esposito major. Um, I'm not thinking like, you know, 14 to 1, but like sneaking out like an 8-point win, maybe a 9-point win. Um, just the slickness on his feet, I think that he really does – 
have, you know, a significant advantage on his feet and gets, you know, a couple takedown lead. Um, but that's just me. I'm thinking Major Exposito. What about you, Joe? Uh, I'm actually – I can get on board, on board with that, uh, especially in this tournament. I mean, you know, the fact that he put up seven points on Eric Tannenbaum was – is really good. That dude was really, really good. Um, so I can, I could definitely see him hitting an inside trip, you know, putting Drake to his back, uh, and then just kind of piling it off from there. So I can definitely see Zach getting in a, getting a major in this one. All right. Is, uh, Earl, Seth, are either you guys on board with the major or are you sticking with the decision? Uh, I'll go with the major. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. Seth, holding your ground or are you going major? Um, I guess mine my, might as well. I guess you guys, you guys got the major, so I'll, I'll jump on board with it. Awesome. Um, peer pressure works. <laughs> but, um, all right, so 10 to 3. We now have uh, a seven-point lead for the 2005 champs. And we're going to get into 157 where I, I thought – so I – we talked about, you know, we had a lot of uh, interaction on social last night. Um, and one of the things that I saw is, you know, obviously people are very, very biased towards Imar because he, he's recent and everybody knows him. Um, and, you know, some of the, the people that follow us might not, might not have been alive, if we're being honest, back in 2005 because, you know, heck, two of our guys at HMA probably weren't. Um, so, one of the things that I, I found interesting was uh, a clanch over at a uh, what blood round blood round. There we go. Losing my words. So clanch uh, commented or he like retweeted it and he put uh, Bertine ten out of ten, ten out of ten times versus Imar. It's like, all right, well shoot your shot then, man. Like, <laughs> wow, okay. I'm you gotta remember he's that. a Michigan guy. Clanch is a Michigan guy, so take yeah. that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, um, that's, that's, that's I, I think I posted the, uh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton, uh, from Dodgeball. But, um, yeah, so let, let's talk about this one. Um, Isaiah Martinez, Earl, do you want to start us off with Imar? Yeah, so this is uh, his freshman year. Um, he's the first freshman since Kale to finish undefeated. Um, he beats uh, Brian Rebuto in the final, um, you know, kind of took college wrestling by storm right there. He had uh, James Green in his weight class, uh, Dylan Ness. So he, he had some tough guys that he beat along the way as well. Yeah. And is, is he the last freshman to be undefeated and win a title? Yeah, I would, I would I think say so. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. On the other end, Ryan Bertin. Joe, tell us a little about him, whatever you know about him. So, uh, Ryan was super solid, uh, you know, really good. I mean, he was basically, he was just kind of standard, but really solid, like really good high crotch, uh, really good single leg, kept great position, um, you know, good on top enough. Uh, and I think he was, you know, pretty good at not getting ridden out. Uh, his nemesis was Alex Tirapelli. So, uh, you know, Ryan went the same route I did, uh, two national titles, but zero big 10 titles. Um, but I think, again, I think he kind of gets lost. I mean, he was the second seed here, and uh, Tirapelli got upset, uh, I want to say, in the quarterfinal round. Um, so I think that made Ryan feel pretty good. 
uh, you know, going with his, you know, to his senior year and trying to get his second title. Um, he beat, uh, he beat Brian Stith, who was a national finalist uh, later on. Uh, he beat Trent Polson, who I believe was a national champ uh, either, I think in 2007 um, and then, or maybe two, no, the following year, 2006. Uh, and then he beat Joe Johnson in the final eight, uh, five. So, uh, again, Ryan was really, really good. Uh, this is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, they're they're kind of conflicting styles, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. See where we go first. What what year was Bertine this year? Senior. Senior. Fifth year senior. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw Jacob Isaiah or Martinez said something too on Twitter. Oh, really? Not into that. Yeah, he said I had a W on a world medalist of that year. The competition was not the same when you really look at it. All right. I think it's interesting when these guys comment on it because it's like it's either one or the other between like like uh, J.O., like I said, he he commented that like put some respect on on Travis Lee's name when it's Travis Lee and Cody Brewer and Cody Brewer likes the tweet. So like he's obviously like, yeah, like put some respect on this dude's name. And you got some guys coming in like, oh, I beat this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm way better. So, (laughs) yeah. Kevin Gadsden talking trash. So uh, it's kind of – it's cool to see their their responses. But I don't know, man. I just – when I think back about Imar, like I'm trying to think of, you know, the guys that have beat Imar, and, you know, there's not many, right? There's you – know, Jason Nolf pinned him, but, you know, we, we can do what we want with that match. I, I can't remember. I didn't watch it very recently, but um, I got to think it was probably an even or leaning Imar match when that scramble happened and he got caught. Um, but you know, Vincenzo and Burroughs and, and Dake are pretty much the only dudes we've seen him lose to in the last, you know, however many years. Um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to think about this a little more. So Joe, what do you think? What do you, what do you see this matchup going on? So, uh, so like I said, uh, Bertine was really solid, uh, held, held a really good position. Um, you know, just again, really good high crotch, really good single leg. Um, and then you got Imar, who's so unpredictable and will do just about anything and everything. Um, so, uh, man, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and lean toward, towards Imar. Um, again, just looking at his weight class, the guys that he beat and the guys that were in there, uh, it was super impressive. Um, and I just think if Imar got to his positions, I think it's it would be really hard for Bertine to stop, um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as much of a landslide as people think. You know, again, Bertine was a fifth year senior, and this is Isaiah's freshman year, so I think it was probably going to be a little bit closer. But I would have to lean towards Imar. So that's an interesting thing for me too. Is that you're talking about freshman Imar, and I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on this, and I think I've kind of said it before, but. I think freshman Imar might have been the best Imar we saw. I mean, he, he was just insane that year, beat up on everybody. Like, you know, he was obviously a freshman, and, and we hadn't seen him do it before. But um, I remember that was the year where him and Ness were, like, the top two. And it was just – it was even known that Imar was going to beat Ness. Like, it just – it was – it wasn't a next topic situation, right? But it was very much a clear-cut favorite because he was just smashing dudes. Um horsepower is unreal i love the underhook series huge fan uh, of what he does yeah i'm, I'm gonna go imar as well um and a close win 
I'm gonna so I'm gonna jump on board with Bertine here. I'll give uh, Imar beats him at the Big Ten tournament, and then Bertine makes the adjustments, beats him at the NCAA tournament. There so we that, go. Nice. Happen. We just we just threw in two two random virtual tournaments to decide yeah. that one for you. <laughs> there we go. Earl, are are we going to Twitter or are you deciding it? Let's take it to Twitter. I'll go with Bertine. Oh man. All right. Well, the, uh, uh, if you're listening in and you voted on the Twitter poll, your vote does matter because it is uh, it's about to decide this duel right now. Yeah, and right here. It's 78% Martinez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think wow. that's a might be a little biased, but, you know, it's a it's 893 votes. Yeah. What you said? 893? Yep. Man, that's a, a lot. A couple votes but Isaiah Martinez is going to take the win in a, a close decision here um, and that'll that'll be 10 to 6 in favor still of 2005 as we move on to 165 pounds where we're going to see Johnny Hendricks of Oklahoma State and Alex Derringer also of Oklahoma State um, and, and we'll get started there so Earl tell us where is Derringer in 2015 uh, this is his uh, junior season. It's his first year at 165 pounds. Uh, his run to the finals, he went over Jackson Morris, Illinois in the quarters. He beat Bo Jordan in the semis. And then uh, Taylor Walsh, uh, I think it was like a seven-point decision in the finals. Um, it, <clears throat> it was a pretty, pretty good statistical year, I think. Um, you know, I think he was a runner-up to the Hodge, uh, to Logan, if my memory serves me correct. And he did receive a couple of votes for the first place anyways. Yeah. So. All right. On the other end of things, Johnny Hendricks. What can you tell us about Johnny, Joe? So, uh, Johnny was the, uh, the third seed going into this tournament. Uh, he wound up beating Ryan Torella in the, in the semis. Six to two, and then he beat Mark Perry, who upset Troy Letters on the other side, uh, five to two. And I want to say that's his junior year. Uh, I'm not 100% sure it's either his sophomore or junior year. Um, I think he was pretty, pretty good. He's pretty savvy. I think uh, the best thing about Johnny was, man, that guy was hard to beat in the finals, even though, you know, he did lose one. But uh, he was, you know, when the lights came on, he was, he was on. Yeah, yeah, I think this was his sophomore year because I think 2007 was the year that Perry beat him in the finals. Yeah, right? that sounds right. Yeah, and, and we even we talked about that match because we had that exact matchup one time, and um, you know, in, in my opinion, Hendricks was controlling the match up until you know the last 20 seconds when when he got the turn. Um, but man, this one's interesting to to look at and think about what would happen to Oklahoma State guys. Uh, Seth, what do you what do you vision or visualize happening in this match? Um, I'm gonna probably lean Derringer a little bit in this matchup. Just the year year older. Um, he was, I mean, Derringer was pretty unstoppable that year. Did I think Hendricks lost a couple? Did he lose a match that year or two? Yeah, I think he lost a match or two. So. I think that, yeah, Derringer was a runner-up for Hodge. He was pretty dominant that year, and I know he had a pretty high bonus point rate. 
Uh, probably not quite. Eh, he, he had decent competition. I don't know if it was quite what Hendricks had that year, but I'm going to lean Derringer in a close one. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Joe already hit on it, but there's some, there's some pretty big wins for both these guys. Um, you know, looking back at this exact year, Hendricks beat, you said, Chirilla and Perry, both in the national tournament. Um, man, I mean, he just – he has some really, really good wins looking back. But it's got to be Derringer for me, man. Like you're saying, like, you know, he, he – while Hendricks did have some big wins, um, he did take some losses here and there. And, uh, you know, the last three years of Alex Derringer were virtually untouchable. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Derringer here. Joe, what do you think? So, uh, just with the matchup, uh, with this being Alex's junior year and this being Johnny's sophomore year, I'm, I'm probably going to lean towards Alex. Um, but I think if it was Johnny's junior year, I could definitely go Johnny Hendricks because it's hard to bet against that dude in the national tournament. I mean – he would usually have the whole crowd against him and still win in spite of people. So um, I could, I mean, for this matchup, I'm going to probably go ahead and, and say Derringer. Uh, but if it was, if it was 2006 Hendricks, I would definitely go with him. All right. So obviously you're back wrestling around then. What was the deal with that? Why was he like, it, it was almost like a villain persona. Like why was that the view of him? Well, I, I think, again, I mean, the dude loved the spotlight, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, everybody's got different personalities. Uh, and I don't know, just back then, like, wrestling fans back then, they just wanted you to kind of run off the mat, and that was it, and, and, you know, not really enjoy your victories. But that wasn't Johnny Hendricks, you know. He was going to he was gonna take the Oklahoma State flag and run around, you know, <laughs> run around the uh, – the bottom, I, I think he did that his junior year. He took the and he got booed, and but also you got to think of that time. Oklahoma State was on like a four four year title run, so everybody was hating on Oklahoma State anyway. So then you take the biggest personality on the most hated team, and that's how you just get people kind of hating on him. But I always I always enjoyed him, man. He was like he didn't care, uh, which is something I respected. He's like, hey man, he's gonna be me. He's gonna be him. Uh, regardless of what the fans think of them. Yeah, for sure. Earl, are you you with us, or which way are you going? Yeah, I'm with you with uh, Deer. And I also add, as far as Hendricks, you know, he'd have some of these matches where he kind of, you know, if you're an opposing fan, you'd kind of say he squeaked out that win, or you know, you're cheering against Oklahoma State, you'd say he kind of uh, you know, squeaked it out, and you're you're looking at him like, oh, you know, Mark Perry's better than him, anyways, or Troy Letter's better than him, Shirella, you know, whoever. And so, uh, you know, in as far as Joe said, you know, him actually showing personality just, I guess, rub people the wrong way, and you know, he's he said how he knew if he had twelve, thirteen thousand people booing him, you know, he was doing his job, and uh, you know, they they don't boo bums. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, a little off topic, but uh, Johnny Hendricks, I don't know how how much you guys keep up with, you know, the fight world and UFC and all that kind of stuff, um, but Johnny beat GSP, dude. I, I don't know if you guys remember that fight or if you have any thoughts on that one, but uh, Johnny beat GSP. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, man. Uh, Earl, have you seen it at all? Yeah, I haven't. I just watched it that one time, and and I was pulling for him, so I I kind of 
thought he did, but I would like to see it again just for more of a you know, clearer lens because uh, it was a very close fight. I was a huge George St. Pierre fan. Just absolutely loved the guy. I thought he was like – it was really cool to watch somebody of that caliber and that level also be that respectful and that, like, good of a person. Um, I really liked watching him. But, man, I remember watching that fight going, he's, he's losing. He lost. Like, I, I can't believe he just lost his fight. And then the, uh, the scorecard goes the other way for him. And then the interview after watching it, and Hendricks is sitting there just kind of looking like he had a tough workout, and GSP looked like he got hit in the face with a brick wall. And so, uh, I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, 174 pounds, Chris Pendleton of Oklahoma State versus Matt Brown of Penn State. Uh, Joe, do you want to kick us off and, and tell us a little bit about Chris Pendleton? Yeah, Chris Pendleton uh, was a bad man. Uh, I think this is his senior year, um, capped off his second national title. Um, just going through this bracket was pretty awesome. He had a fall. He had a fall. He had uh, a tech fall in the quarters and had a tech fall in the semis and then almost majored Askren in the finals. Um, he was super athletic, and, again, I think he was like – really Oklahoma State style, but then he was really good on top too. So, um, and, and just, he just was kryptonite for Askren. Um, really fun to watch, really smooth. And, you know, again, I, he was just really, really, really good this year. Yeah. What about Matt Brown, Earl? Uh, he was a three-time All-American. Uh, this was his second time in the finals. He was there in 2013 also. Uh, he ended up winning this weight class and had uh, a ton of these Big Ten guys that always seemed to kind of beat up on each other, like uh, Logan Storley and Kokesh and uh, Mike Evans. Uh, at this tournament, he beat – I think he had, all had uh, one-point decisions in the last three rounds against uh, Zach Epperly in the quarters and Evans in the uh, semis and then Tyler Wilkes from Pitt in the finals. Um, you know, just uh, pretty – Pretty basic, strong, all three positions, you know, nothing, um, you know, that stands out. I don't think uh, one position over the other. Yeah. And when I, when I look at this matchup, I, it's, for me, it's immediate bonus points. Um, I don't know if I'm crazy saying that, but I just, while Matt Brown was very good um, during that time, I just feel like he kind of, there, there was, you know, a weight where there wasn't really anybody that was favored to be the champ, and he just happened to be the guy that kind of stepped up and got it done, um, whereas Chris Pendleton was was the dude, right? And especially those last two years, um, rolling through everybody, and, and both years in the finals, he almost majored Askren. Um, so, I mean, yeah, almost majoring a, a two-time Hodge Trophy winner in the finals two years in a row, um, going seven and one against him. Obviously, he has other really big wins, but uh, I, I just think, in, in my opinion, everything leans towards Pendleton for you know a, a good bit of points in this match. Um, so I'm going to go Pendleton by major decision. What about you, Seth? Yeah, I'm on board with that for sure. I was even thinking possible tech fall. I think that Matt Brown was really basic, and I just think Pendleton had so many ways to score. He's good on on the mat. A lot of – I think you would have picked uh, Matt Brown apart. For sure. 
Joe, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think Pendleton gets a major here. Um, something like 14 to four, uh, something along those lines. I just think, uh, again, Chris Pendleton was too verse, had too many weapons. And I think Matt Brown, he would have, he would have picked apart Matt Brown's, uh, you know, good stance and good positioning probably into the second and third, really start piling on points. Yeah. Earl. I'm, I'm agreeing with these guys and I'll, I'll go with a major. Awesome. Major decision for Chris Pendleton. Um, man, this is a, uh, this is starting. Well, I guess, you know, 2005 is starting to pull away a little bit, but looking at these last couple of matchups, man, 2005 has got a really stacked back end. Um, and we'll we'll jump down to 184 pounds. Greg Jones of West Virginia versus Gabe Dean of Cornell. Um, this is the one that uh, that we got Daniel Cormier commenting on, and I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, um, but you know, basically like all respect to Gabe Dean, he was great, but Greg Jones would this would be a smackdown. Greg Jones, <laughs> and uh, uh, I I thought that was kind of cool that he jumped in and, and felt so one way about it. Um, yeah. but what well, you I was going to jump in and say it was funny because, uh, Gabe Dean was winning the vote by a decent margin. And then as soon as he tweeted that, it just went straight the other way. And I think that, uh, Greg Jones is destroying him in the poll now, but yeah. I guess, I guess Cormier has that influence on, on it, on his fans to get him voting on it. Yeah. I mean, well, for sure. You know, when I, I set up the, the vote and I, I go to do some work around the house and there's like 20, 30 votes on it or something. DC comments. And then I come back and it's like 600 votes. Like, yeah, all right. So, yeah. yeah it's over <laughs> like 1300 now or something. So it's crazy. Yeah. 1300. Exactly. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, let, let's dive into it. So uh, Gabe Dean, you, you gotta be a bad man when your, your nickname is the destroyer of worlds. Um, Three-time NCAA finalist, four-time All-American. He got third as a freshman. Um, so three, one-one, and then two, losing to Bo Nickel in the finals his senior year. Um, Earl, what year was this for Gabe Dean? This was his uh, sophomore year because uh, Ed Ruth graduated in 2014, and he had that famous win over Ruth and then uh, ended up losing to him in the NCAA semis because uh, Jimmy Sheptock was your one seed, and those two were on the bottom half of the bracket. At a man, wasn't there like, wasn't there some kind of a, a rear standing position in that match where it, like, I remember Ruth won, and I think it was three to one or something along those lines, and I think there was maybe a, a takedown that either didn't get called or may have been called that was kind of, kind of odd or maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. You remember anything like that? No, um, I do not. All right, I'm crazy. Uh, I'll move on. <laughs> and you know what? Um, I have the bracket up. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, I was thinking of the wrong year. Um, oh no, no, no. We're, never mind. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but Gabe Dean, destroyer of worlds, 184. Or on the other side of the 184 pound matchup, Greg Jones. Uh, what can you tell us about Greg, Joe? So this was Greg's uh, senior year. Um, his third national championship. I want to say it was his sophomore year and he was at 74 that he got upset. I don't know. Earl, Earl might know that a little bit better than me. Um, but I think that was the only year he didn't win it and didn't make it to the finals. 
Um, so uh, Greg was super explosive on his feet. Um, it's funny, man. I think he could have literally beaten everybody seven to four, six to three, uh, if he wanted to. Like again, even though those might look like close matches, like his opponents were never in the match. Uh, so he beats uh, Tyler Bear in the finals five to three, and won a beaten Brian Glenn. Um, I think he was from Illinois, uh, or yeah, Brian Glenn in the semis five to two, and then you know picked up a major a couple of majors and a tech fall throughout the tournament. So uh, this was his senior year. And I mean, man, I don't, I don't see anybody going toe to toe with Greg Jones, um, his senior year. Yeah. Um, and we had one guy comment on the Facebook post. I think last uh, matchup we had, we had Greg Jones versus Ed Ruth. Um, and I still never got to figure out who the other guy was. So if, if you're listening and you made this comment and let me know, but uh, he said, Greg Jones was, one of only two dudes he would ever pick over Ed Ruth. And so uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. And it's definitely cool to to hear so much about Greg Jones. Honestly, you know, I, I didn't really dive into my, like, crazy fandom of wrestling until around, like, 2010. Um, so Greg Jones, before, you know, take me two months back, it's not really a name I heard. And so it's, it's really cool to to hear these big names and and just be up watching YouTube videos all night about these guys. Um, but who did, who did Gabe, who did Gabe Dean wrestle, uh, this year in the finals? Uh, Nate Brown. Yeah. Yep. Vic Avery in the semis, um, that went into tiebreakers, um, tiebreaker two, and then Nate Brown in the finals six to two. So, ah, man. Um, I I mean, it's gotta be Greg Jones, right? Um, it's just a matter of if we're leaning, if we're getting into bonus territory for me, um, just, and it's hard to say that against a dude like Gabe Dean. It really is. Like, I just, I don't know, man. He was just, Greg Jones is on a different level on his feet is my only thing. Just different level, tall, lanky, fast. I can really see him getting a couple of takedowns on, on Gabe. Um, it's just a matter of how many. So, uh, what are you guys thinking, Earl? What do you what do you see out of this matchup? Hammer, Craig Jones is a hammer. Um, <laughs> uh, so, kind of like Joe said, he didn't always you know blow away the competition. Um, you know, when he's at like an NCAA quarter or something like that, you know, he'd have these decisive five to two wins. Um, so, I definitely wouldn't say major. And then, uh, as we were talking MMA, he has kind of a funny link where. The year he didn't win, he was the one seed at 174. He went two and two in the tournament, and Rashad Evans was the guy that eliminated him uh, when he's wrestling for Michigan State. Um, but all that being said, give me Greg Jones. The hammer. All right, Joe, what do you think? So uh, I've definitely seen a, both of these guys wrestle a lot. Um, you know, Gay Dean, really good underhook. Uh, Awesome hand fighter, could, you know, go for days. Um, where Greg Jones was definitely longer, uh, kept guys at bay with his, with his reach. You know, it seems like I'm talking, like a, talking about a boxing match, but, it, it, like, guys couldn't get their hands on Greg Jones. Uh, and I think that would be the only way that Gabe Dean could beat Greg is if he really got his hands on him and tried to slow him down and, and hand fight him. But I don't see that happening, and I, I honestly – you know, with Greg, I think 
he was he wasn't really motivated to you know put up as many points as he could it was just like hey he's going to control the match he's going to take his takedowns when they when they pop up and i think i definitely see you know greg jones popping off two or three takedowns and gabe dean never really coming close to you know getting his hands on him or even you know getting to a leg so I'm going to go ahead and say Greg Jones wins like seven to three, seven to four, something like that. I'm trying to, to go through and think about some guys that, that Dean hit that maybe would have been similar. Um, I, I mean, it, it's hard for me because, you know, like I said, I only have as much research as I can find on the internet. Um, would, would Bo Nickel be an okay comparison? Um, Kind of, you know, that, that long, lanky, fast, like, really good on his feet. I don't know. Like, is that an okay comparison or no? Not really. I, I think I think Greg Jones was a lot a lot more explosive than Bo Nickel. Like, again, Bo Nickel was really good up top, and I think he was – he had explosive moves, you know, where he can throw anybody on their head, and he was, he was really kind of funky. You know, he had a really funky style. Um, I'd definitely say their, their confidence levels were probably – very similar, but I don't know about their, their wrestling styles. I think Greg Jones was way more explosive, uh, kind of run right through you type of wrestler where, you know, uh, Bo was – I don't think Bo was like that. Yeah. Now I was just going back and trying to trying to see, like, the best guys he wrestled and, and if I could figure one out that's similar. But not really. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Greg Jones and, and – man, I, I'm going to vote major, um, eight point win right sneaking in maybe a takedown in the last you know 30 seconds to secure a major um anybody else got one or are we sticking with decision i got decision all right same for you Earl. i got decision yeah. too cool awesome so we got decision for greg jones and that's going to put it at 16 to 9 heading into the 197 pound match um where we're going to see jake rochelt versus kyvin gadson a fun one that, to follow on Twitter if you have not already. But um, let, let's get into this one. So, Earl, tell us about Kyvin. Yeah, so Kyvin Gadsden is a three-time All-American. This is his senior year, uh, three-time Big 12 champ. Um, in the quarters, he majored Nathan Burak from Iowa. He beats Connor Hartman from Duke 4-1 to one in the semis. And then I'm sure we all remember the pin of Kyle Snyder in the finals. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on the other end, uh, Jake Rushall, uh, Joe, fill us in on, on him. So uh, I believe this is Jake's uh, junior year uh, and his second national championship. Um, in the quarters, he beat Phil Davis 9-4. Uh, to four. Then he beat uh, B.J. Patton, who was a couple-time All-American from Nebraska, 10-9. to nine. I think he always went back and forth with, uh, with BJ. Uh, and then uh, John Trent got upset in the other semi by uh, Sean Stender. Uh, Sean Stender was from Northern Iowa. Uh, and then Jake, uh, Jake won that five to four. So um, just to talk about this matchup, Jake Rochelle, I mean, every, that guy, even though, like, even going into his senior year, nobody was picking him to win. You know, it's almost like, he was kind of like the most overlooked three-timer. Um, but whenever whenever he stepped on the mat, man, he he was cool, and he won those close matches. Um, 
even though Kyvin was really, really good this year, and it's it's hard to pick against Jake Rochelle, uh in the national tournament where he was so good. Um, so I don't know which way I'm going yet, but I'd like to hear what you guys got to say. Dude, it's wild to hear you say that that Rochelle comes into his senior year as a two-time champ and people are still kind of not sold on him. Like, how is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> kind of like Dean Heil. I don't think people thought he was going to win, and he kept doing it a couple that's, times. That's true. Yep, exactly. Um, all right. Well, Earl, what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, when we had the 2006 versus 2007 or 15 matchup, I picked Kyvin Gadsden uh, just because of him being on a kind of a high for this tournament. So I'd say Jake was probably pretty similar between those two years. So I'm going to stick with Kyvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm jumping in on I'm with Kyvin on this one too. He's just on fire that year. Uh, I don't know how, how the match would look quite, but I'm going to go with Gadsden. Mm. I – Man, I guess people don't realize too. Um, I'm looking back at at Kyvin Gadsden's wrestle stat. Um, obviously, people remember the pin over Kyle Snyder in the finals, right? But um, they actually met at CKLV earlier that year, and Kyvin won three to two. So, you know, I I didn't know that myself. So he had two wins over Kyle that year. Um, that being said, I'm still going Rush Holt. Um, I dude. Three-time national champion. People keep betting against you. Two-time at the time. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Two-time at the time. Fine. That's still – I don't I don't know if you can count as well as me, Seth, but uh, that's one more than Kyvin Gazin has at the time. Uh, and so, yeah, people keep counting him out, man. I'm, I'm going to give him the nod, and and, uh, and I'm going to go with, with Jake. Uh, so uh, I'm going to agree with you, Jacob, and I'm going to go with Jake, too. I mean, I've, I've watched that dude. Like, again, everybody everybody goes into every single one of his matches thinking he's going to lose or, you know, he's not as good, and he always comes out on top. Um, I mean, again, I never saw him lose uh, at the NCAA tournament, so I've got to go with Jake on this one. But it's going to be close. It's going to be really close, but I just think Jake Jake is too good at the national tournament. All right, Seth's smiling. So, what's the deal? It's got to be Gadsden, isn't it? Fifty-two percent. Fifty-two to forty-eight percent. Trash. Absolute Ooh. trash. Whatever. If if Jake had been commenting on that Twitter poll, then maybe it went the other way. I lost sound. I don't know. If... Oh no. Can you hear us now? Yeah. Oh man. I'm not able to hear anybody. All right. Well, let's let's keep talking. Um, and he'll get back to us hopefully in a second. Um, but 52% for Kyvin Gadsden, that's going to give him the win um, over, over Jake Rushholt in the 197-pound the match. Joe, can you hear us now? Yeah. Cool. Um, so Kyvin gets the win, and we're going to be at 17-12 to 12 now. Um, and I just got a, an update on Twitter, and I would like everybody – to know that I was correct on something and you weren't. <laughs> so um, Luke Wise is, I guess, uh, listening in live. Um, and he said, 
Jacob, you're right about the controversial takedown with Gabe Dean, Ed Ruth in the semifinals. Here's the video. Check it out. 56 second mark. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, there we go. I'm, uh, I'm officially better than all of you, just so you know. It happened. But, um, yeah, I'll have to go back and watch it later because I don't remember exactly how it happened. Um, but, you know, get uh, something cool to talk about. And Did you see the results of uh, my Twitter poll with Troy Letters? I, no, I don't want to talk about that one because um, <laughs> that was some crap. But uh, here, we'll ask Joe. Um, so what, what exactly was the, uh, the, the Twitter poll again? Uh, Troy Letters versus Tyler Caldwell. Yeah. And uh, Troy Letters won, I guess, significantly. Uh, yeah, about maybe 75, 75% of the vote. Yeah, I mean, that, but that wasn't, the, that wasn't the matchup, right? So well, we, you, you, brought it, you brought it to that matchup. I didn't bring it to that matchup. That was Jack. That was all Jack. Um, <laughs> it was David Taylor, Troy Letters in one duel. And, and I said that David Taylor would get the major. And everybody else crapped on me. And then they ended up putting this Twitter poll out here. Because uh, that's all they had. And, uh, yeah, trying to make me look bad. Yeah. Succeeded. I, I, don't, see, I don't see DT getting a major over uh, Troy. Uh, Troy was really, really good and uh, really hard to score on. Um, and Troy was also, like, dynamite on top. So I, I, don't, I don't see David Taylor majoring Troy Letters. Well, I think the, uh, the, the big letdown for me was, you know, Jude Swisher on here, he uh, – he trains with at DT's, you know, M2 place. Um, and uh, he asked David Taylor about the matchup and what he saw. And he's like, DT said there's no way he would major Troy Letters. It's like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so. I, think Tro I think actually Troy was a coach uh, when David Taylor was a, an athlete there. I want to say Troy was the, um, the volunteer coach when David was either a freshman or sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, all right. Well, we'll head down to 285 pounds. The last matchup of the duel and Nick Wastowski needs a pin to, to win this match for 2015. Uh, but Steve Mako of Oklahoma state at this time versus Nick Wastowski of NC state. Um, Earl, can you go ahead and break it down for Nick Wastowski? And also I gotta, I gotta run upstairs and check on something real quick. I'll be right back. But if you guys could take the, to break these two guys down and, and maybe start giving your, your votes, that'd be awesome. All right, so uh, Nick Wazdowski, two-time all or two-time national champion, four-time All-American. Uh, this year, he beats uh, Jimmy Lawson in the quarterfinals, eleven to three. Connor Medbury in the semis, six three, and then he beats Adam Kuhn for the title, uh, seven to six, which was really a good heavyweight match. Kind of overshadowed by the next year when. He lost to Snyder in the finals, which was an all-time classic for heavyweights. But, you know, that was a pretty good match, too, uh, him beating Kuhn. Uh, I believe Kwiatkowski was undefeated this year as well. So I have Steve Mako. Uh, this was his first national tournament uh, for Oklahoma State after he transferred from Iowa. Um, he actually had a 4 nothing win over my roommate in college at the game in the semis, uh, and then 3-1 uh, overtime victory over Cole Conrad. The, the iconic foot sweep um, that he got in overtime was pretty sweet. Uh, so this was his junior year, his second title, and his 
third uh, finals appearance. Did you, were you uh, around him at all in Jersey growing up? Yeah, so um, so me and Steve were the same age, and he, uh, I wasn't I wasn't around him too much just because I didn't wrestle on the on the like a Fargo scene, so I didn't really see him too much. But I saw him at because uh, he went to uh, St. Benedict's first, uh, I think his first two years in high school. Then he transferred to uh, Blair, uh, so I did see him when he was at St. Benedict's, but didn't didn't see him a lot when he was at Blair. And, uh, yeah, man, he was, he was a really bad dude. I mean, I think you guys have talked about it. Uh, there's, there's no way I'm picking against Steve Mako. Um, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I haven't seen that guy lose to anybody, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have Seth weigh in first. Yeah, this is, it's a tough one. I think that, cause we picked, didn't we pick Conrad over, Wade over Conrad? I think so. Yeah, I, I regret that one. I thought after looking into it more, I saw that I don't know. I think that uh, I think I changed my mind on that one, and uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna go Mako now after after kind of looking at things more, and I just think that he was just so mean and freaking in your face, and I don't think that I mean the one guy I'd say that's similar was Quiz and uh, Kuhn, but I think that Mako's a little bit better than Kuhn was, and. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have Mako squeaking one out against Quiz. Man, I, mm, I don't, I don't know which way to go here. Um, so, do, do we just got Seth's vote on this one so far? Yeah, yeah. Mako. Mm. I, uh, I'll make it interesting. I, I'm gonna go to Nick Wastowski. Uh, I'm going, I'm going both ways on this one. It's really hard choice for me to pick. Because I just think that that Nick was that, you know, first kind of – he broke through for those really athletic, um, kind of different style heavyweights. Um, and I would really like to see this matchup. And who knows, maybe Mako smashes. I don't know. But um, I, I think that it's it's just a different style. It's a new age for heavyweights. And I'd really like to see see the matchup go down. And I'm going to lean with the guy that's a little bit of an innovator. Uh, I'm going to go Nick Wastowski. Earl. And so this year was also uh, Mako was the Hodge winner. Um, I think he had 18 or 19 pins with, you know, 17 or 18 of them coming in the first period. Now I don't see him pinning Gwiz, but uh, yeah, I, it's hard for me to pick against Mako here. So I'm going with him. All right, Joe. Yeah. So I think Steve uh, only had losses to um, Tommy Rollins and then Cole Conrad. Uh, he went back and forth with Cole Conrad. Uh, Cole, Cole was like actually, you know, the, the heavyweight who used to cut weight. Like I remember, I remember it was actually me and Cole Conrad at one point cutting weight, you know, right after our semifinals uh, victories. It was kind of wild. I'm like seeing him, you know, put on sweats and he's running around the uh, arena with me. So, um, I know he, he had problems with those bigger guys, but, you know, Nick is basically the same size as Mako, probably even a little bit smaller weight-wise. Um, and, man, I, I, I used to see Steve just kind of own those guys, even those quicker guys. Like, even if you got to Steve's leg, man, he would drop the hammer on you. So, I, again, I, I'm not picking against Steve Mako. I definitely think he – especially this is his Hodge Trophy – 
year. Um, I don't see him losing this match. And I might be biased, obviously. Nah, that's, that's the point, man. That's why we want you on here. Yeah, we all got our biases. But uh, cool. So, that I mean, that wraps up the, the duel, man. 20 to 12, 2005 moves on to the semifinals, taking out the 2015 team. Um, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm excited that, that one of these older teams is really uh, making its way through because I think, you know, like I've said before, a good majority of the people that listen to HMA are, are younger wrestlers. And so it's, it's really good for them to be able to see some of these guys and, you know, not just know who I'm are and Gabe Dean are, um, but they can, they can look back and, and hear Greg Jones and go watch Greg Jones videos on YouTube and, um, if they haven't, I definitely suggest that because the dude's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that breaks down this duel. And I actually have a question. So you, Joe was talking about, you know, cutting weight before the, the finals match. Seth, do you have any stories like that? Did you have any weight management you had to do when you were, you know, in the NCAA tournament? I actually, NCAA tournament time, I was actually usually, you know, it was, it was early in the season. I would maybe struggle a little bit by, by NCAA ncaa tournament i was usually pretty pretty much underweight or pretty probably two three pounds over after the day and didn't really struggle come that time then you got an extra pound each day and it got a little easier but uh yeah i'd say earlier i think midlands is always a tricky one coming right off of that christmas uh going home with the family getting some good food there and i think that, that that's probably the tough one for making weight during the year for a lot of i know for me and a lot of my teammates well i know i've you know i've been to the tournament think nine years in a row now and I don't think I've ever seen an athlete like out running or working out or anywhere and anything like that like does that happen you know down in the the depths of the basement or or what yeah that's yeah you don't, you don't you don't see yeah you don't <laughs> you don't see where all the dirt goes down and and we're all you know the guys are sweating and stuff I mean they have um they have specific rooms with like bikes and aerodynes and there'll be uh, a couple pieces of mat uh, but I will say, Seth, that that 2005 year, uh, there was no weight allowance. Really? So you, so I had to make, so I had to make scratch every day for three days. So yeah, that, that, yeah, would, that, that would make it make it a lot tougher. <laughs> and I mean, for me, for me personally, even though like I had my 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 weight wasn't an issue, but I had my routines just like everybody. It's like right after my semifinals match, I'd go back, put my stuff on. And I'd be working out for, you know, 45 minutes, you know, not very hard, just continuing to keep that sweat going just so I can go back to my room, eat a little something before I went to bed uh, and then wake up in the morning and, and usually be, be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it's, it's cool to hear those stories. Yeah. That was my next question. I was going to ask you if, uh, if you had a weight allowance. Uh, so that, that clears it up for me pretty easily. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, one thing. One thing I was just looking at. No, it's going to be fun. I think if uh, 2018 squeaks out the the win, um, Pendleton versus Zahid, ooh, those two will get arguing on Twitter real quick against each other. That <laughs> so that'd be that good. That'd be a good one to to see happen for sure. Um, but yeah, um, I was gonna say, but before you jump off, Joe, I uh, I I love what you guys are doing over there, at Princeton, man. I'm big fan been watching it's a uh, it's really cool really really cool really fun to watch the the Princeton duels and everything getting bigger um I just I'm actually a high school teacher I just switched schools down here and 
um, I moved to Carborough High School, which is where uh, Quincy Monday is from. Yeah. Yeah, and so I see, uh, I see his picture on the wall about every day walking through the school, and I think it's, uh, it's cool. It gets me jacked up for the day. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah Coach, Coach DeWitt is, is still here that, that coached him, and he raves about how awesome he is, and I've uh, become a big fan. I know uh, I can't remember which tournament it was, man, but there was, there was one tournament going on. It was kind of in the middle of the day on like a Thursday or Friday, and I had a break for a couple of minutes, and Coach DeWitt was was subbing up there, and we like hid in a back room somewhere and watched Quincy wrestle. Uh, so, when he was fan. in college, or when he was yeah. when he was in college, correct? This year, okay. mm -hmm. yeah. Um, can't remember which match. It was. I can't remember what tournament it was, man. It's killing me. But maybe Midlands. Oh no, you guys are probably not in school then. Ah, uh, I don't know, but huge fan of what you guys are doing up there, man. Um, we really appreciate you coming on and, and talking, talking crap with us and, and, uh, and just supporting, supporting us and, and our, our crazy endeavors, man. So this was, uh, this was really fun. So I really appreciate you guys having me on always fun to talk about the glory days, uh, back when I wrestled. So, um, to, to kind of, you know, get some different perspectives on, on all these, you know, national champs. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It doesn't matter where your opinion lies. It's it's just really cool about talking about wrestling and talking about the different uh, different styles. I mean, honestly, it was like 2005, totally different styles than like this past year. Um, so really cool for me, and and obviously I appreciate what you're uh, that you guys are taking notice of Princeton. Um, we're doing some amazing things there, and you know to have guys like Quincy Monday, who's high character and you know, doing well on the mat, doing well in the classroom. Same thing with Pat Glory, Pat Brucky, uh, and, and the majority of other guys. I mean, it's it's awesome to see where we've come as a program. Uh, I honestly feel like this should be the next flow film. I mean, it's, you know, the biggest turnaround in, in college wrestling and even college sports. So, um, again, guys, I really appreciate you having me on. This was really fun. Absolutely. Thanks, Earl. Thanks, Seth, as always. This is, uh, this is Jacob Pugley signing off from the HMA Fantasy team. We thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.